Hello and welcome to Under the Skin from Luminary. This week I spoke with David Buss, an American evolutionary psychologist at the University of Texas in Austin. He's one of the founders of the field that he works in. He talks a lot about sex and sexual jealousy and mating stuff. In the part that we're going to play now, David and I talked about how our evolutionary systems are sometimes hijacked by corporations. We talk about diabetes and obesity. But what interested me is how we're not evolving in a natural condition. We're animals in a zoo. We are the occupants of a prison planet. And I wanted to try and express that idea and get his expertise. And he, like a lot of you know academics, he wasn't 100% comfortable talking about something that he's not qualified to talk about. But as you know, that's never bothered me. So have a little listen to this conversation and let us know what you think. Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not no, a successful that, route. Yes, that, that, that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. It doesn't look like an ideology. What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told? And welcome to Russell Brand. Under the skin. What magnetic forces create the kind of structures that we live within now where power is centralized, where people live in urban conurbations, where, you know, from agriculture onwards, the, you know, through the various revolutions of agriculture, industry and technology, the advantages to individuals, while, you know, while obvious and evident, particularly in instances where there would be a financial and economic advantage to those centralized forces, uh, that the, the progress is, can easily be charted. When it comes to the subjects such as isolation, alienation, despair, drug dependency, it's clear that we are creatures now that live in a kind of captivity, in a kind of open prison. Do you ever become frustrated that we don't socially and politically enact in responsible and sensible ways the obvious findings of, um, the, 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 from your particular area of expertise? Yeah, um, I, I do. I mean, I think that uh, one way that I would phrase it uh, broadly before trying to get at your specific question is that all we have is our evolved psychology that evolved over several millions of years. And in the here and now, we are stuck with this evolved psychology. And in some cases, it produces bad things. And in some cases, it produces good things. And that's why I think your answer to your question has to be done on a case-by-case -case basis. So just for example, we evolved food preferences for fat and sugar. Uh, and so in the modern environments, though, fat and sugar are readily abundant and they're packaged into high carbohydrate foods, fast food restaurants. And so we have problems of obesity and type 2 diabetes that are really evolutionarily unprecedented. So we have to, in some ways, control our evolved taste preference. So this is one way in which it's, it's led us astray. The other one, another is that I pointed out earlier is that um, we do feel more isolated, more alienated uh, as a context uh, because of the modern context where despite being surrounded by thousands or millions of people, we still feel alone. In part, I'll mention one other element of that, of why we feel so alone and perhaps why depression rates have increased uh, is because we don't have deep friendships. So, and, and by that, I mean, our ancestors would have faced the trials and tribulations where you 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 know where your who your true friends are because you go through times of stress 
People will save your life when you're ill or injured. Uh, and we go through fewer of these you know, um, stressful life events, which really reveal the depth of your uh, social relationships. And we don't go through those anymore. And so I think that's one way, that's why I tell in the mating domain, which as I said, is really my area of specialty, when people are considering a long-term mate, I urge them to go on a vacation together, take two weeks and go to a foreign country, uh, put the relationship through stress tests, and that, and that reveals information that you don't get when times are good. Uh, and so I think that, that the lack of tests of our true friendships and true romantic relationships uh, is, uh, the lack of these tests is part of why we feel more alienated in the modern environment. Again, relevant to my area of expertise, we have uh, pornography uh, and internet dating are two technological advances, if you will, or two technologies that we are, are consuming in huge abundance. So a uh, majority of men consume pornography at some point, sometimes men get addicted to it. Uh, and the uh, internet dating is the major form of meeting people. Uh, we don't tend to go to bars anymore and, and meet people. And so this has kind of changed the whole matrix of the mating game where, for example, with internet dating, there's this perception that there are thousands or millions of potential mates for you out there and we experience um, decision paralysis because oh, this person doesn't meet quite you know, my standards on 19 variables, so I think I'm going to keep looking. And so there's this, uh, because of this perception, there are millions of opportunities out there uh, that also produces a decrease in commitment. And we're seeing that as well with a decrease in uh, intimate relationships, a decrease in even sexual behavior, um, the frequency of sexual intercourse, and decreases uh, in marriage. So it's, uh, and I think it's partly due to both of those factors. Uh, pornography consumption, I think, and I I'd be curious about your thoughts on this, uh, I think takes the edge, takes the sexual edge off of males so that they feel less motivated to go out and have real life sexual interactions uh, with women where they have to actually do things like have conversations and establish a relationship and so forth. Um, and so I think that even things like the overconsumption of pornography, and I'm not opposed to pornography in, in general. I mean, in some ways it produces beneficial effects, but, uh, but I think it, it takes the edge off of males and decreases their, their sexual motivation to have in real life mating relationships. Let's take, uh, and I will move a generally in the direction of your expertise because otherwise we might as well talk about football but like just as, as we mentioned at the beginning of the your answer to the previous question the preponderance of sugar and fat i feel that you know of course we are evolved to value foods that would be scarce and are high in energy but there is a reason that these foods are now abundantly available and those reasons are economic so the, like the, if you were trying to design a society that was beneficial to the maximum number of individuals, you would promote foods we evolved in harmony with that are beneficial to us. Yeah. 
you wouldn't promote foods that are high in sugar and fat because you obesity, diabetes, heart disease. But the reason that we do promote those foods, make those foods freely available, not freely available, but readily available and cheaply available is because it is profitable and for because of evolutionary psychology we're sort of unable to discern correctly whether or not we yes. should be eating them because it bypasses us i have the image david of evolution as a kind of river and we as individuals float upon that river and and this is obviously you know particularly relevant in your field when like when i see how like cats behave when another how male cats behave when a female cat is on heat and a cat will travel five kilometers for a, a mating opportunity you realize that that individual cat's psychology such as it might be is a, a pretty blunt tool when faced with the tirade and deluge of evolutionary force and I feel that it, I think what interests me is how do we use our understanding to create social systems that are beneficial to us of course I'm interested as an individual I am an individual and I'm fascinated by how we might have mating social and sexual protocols that are kind of irrelevant redundant unhelpful although I can see sort of you know that monogamy and mating pairings are sort of helpful in loads and loads of ways sociologically socially religiously like loads of ways i can see they're beneficial i'm interested i suppose in using this vast wealth of knowledge that you have accrued to implement and encourage ideas that go beyond the kind of what do i want to say coffee table musings of a sort of late rational mechanical nihilistic culture uh, you know and, and, and that's the culture that i sort of find myself in well i mean that's i mean that's that's a, a tough question because there are always trade-offs so as you mentioned with with fast food industry uh their goal is to make profit uh and so they they design products that hijack our evolved psychology, in this case, our evolved psychology of, of food preferences. Um, but the same thing occurs on uh, with social media, uh, for example, that is, we, we have an evolved, here's a, another dimension, uh, an evolved psychology uh, that we evolved in the, in the context of small groups that had status hierarchies, and all groups have them. Some people are up, some are down, some have high rank, some low rank, often informally, sometimes formally. Uh, but one of the critical cues to status has been the attention structure. That is, the people who are high in status are the people to whom the most people pay the most attention. If you're enjoying this conversation, join me over at Luminary on Apple Podcasts for the rest of our discussion and all the latest episodes of Under the Skin. It really is a terrific podcast. You'll love it.